Believe it or not, we are now less than a month away from conference tournaments. How is that real, Kyle Boone? And there are some electric conference races around the country. We're going to dive right into it. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily year-round national college hoop show I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I am joined by our guy, KB, Kyle Boone, national writer at CBS Sports. We're just like an hour and a half away from each other in the Midwest, but it's like I can reach out and touch it right over there. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, we are going to talk some conference races, uh, some other fun stuff, kind of our thoughts on some of the top 10 teams, as well as getting you ready for another awesome weekend slate. But Kyle, here's where we want to start today. As I said off the top, somehow, I don't know how quick how we've gotten there this quickly, but there are now just three weeks left of the regular season, at least for the major conferences. I know we get some of the mid-major tournaments a little bit earlier, but what I want to do is take a little bit of a look right off the top here at some of the conference races that we are each most intrigued by. And uh, I'm going to give you, my friend, the floor first. Okay, so I'm just going to go right to the top of the food chain in college basketball. I, th- I think the most interesting races in the Big 12. Texas is obviously in the lead right now, but they're only one game up on, get this, Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor, and Kansas. Oklahoma State's actually only two games back, and TCU's only two games back. It's really, really interesting at the top of the Big 12. Really, honestly, the only two teams that are definitely out of the NCAA tournament mix, I think, are OU and and Texas Tech. I don't want to write any teams off too soon, but (laughs) I think we could write them off. But the rest of the Big 12 like, might actually make the NCAA tournament. And so the, the, the league has been by far and away the best in college basketball this season. And the conference race, the race, the regular season race to win the championship is, uh, is really heating up. So, yeah, to me, that is the most interesting race. You look at Texas and obviously coming off a loss at Kansas. Um, I, I have no idea who's going to win. I, I think I would take Kansas just because they just beat Texas at home. I think their schedule sets up pretty favorably, but yeah, like it, uh, I, I'm sure you probably have a different opinion. Like there's a, there's a number of different ways this could go. And I think it comes, honestly, I think it comes down to, to the last game of the regular season, which is of course, Texas versus Kansas, Texas getting Kansas at home in Austin uh, should be should be a really fun finish the next few weeks. I'm with you. I mean, this is the best race. What's funny for me is I've been saying for the last several weeks that it's all about how you do against what has been perceived as the bottom four, like the Oklahoma mm-hmm. schools, West Virginia and Texas Tech. It's like because the top six are all going to beat up on each other. Um, yep. But then you look at like what Iowa State's been doing. They've now lost to uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech, but then they're beating some of the other teams at the top. And so it's like, well, I guess I guess that theory is done for, at least as far as the Cyclones are concerned. It's just it's wacky, Kyle. It's wacky. And then, you know, like TCU kind of falls off a little bit with with Mike Miles being out. They just got Eddie Lampkin back. That'll be uh, potentially huge this this coming weekend. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I would ultimately take Kansas both because of the schedule and just the, the precedent that they've set under Bill Self. It's like until someone dethrones Kansas, they're not yeah. getting dethroned. And, and I know we've seen some changes there. If I had to take another team, I'm going to go off the radar a little bit and give me the Baylor Bears who just yeah. got Jonathan Chamuachachua back, who, you know, like the, the further we get into the season with Keontae George, the more comfortable he gets with Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer and everyone. If we can eventually get JTT back into the starting lineup and maybe move Flo Thamba, like Flo Thamba coming off the bench, come on. Yeah. Um, and so if if I was looking elsewhere, I'd, I'd give me Baylor. Now, Texas, what a what a rad story that would be for them. For you know, for Rodney Terry to take over midseason and then to ride that all the way to to a Big Twelve championship, that that what a story that would be, and uh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, and ba- I love that Baylor's getting a shout out here. Chamo Chachua coming back, like he's looked pretty good um, <laughs> yeah. since since returning. Um, I know it's only I think two games, but yep. yeah, just like the rich get richer a little bit for for Texas. They've won eight of their last nine. Quietly, one of the hottest teams in college basketball, and. I think you know they started conference play zero and three, and you're like, "What is wrong with this Baylor team?" Easily one of the most I thought disappointing teams um, in in college basketball. <laughs> now I think that probably belongs to you know Kentucky or oh gosh, they, there's a number of teams. North there. Carolina or yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, Baylor's really coming on strong. I think they have the best guards in the big 12 and i think that's going to carry you a long way keontae george has really come on strong um chamo chacho is back flothamba is back like he i think this team is kind of humming at a level that is going to be really hard to beat and coming down the stretch they have a road test this weekend at tcu (laughs) a team that is like walking wounded at the moment mike miles has been out for a little bit uh eddie lampkin has been back but he's been hampered i don't yep. think he's yeah and i i think he's dealing with the right i don't know if it's right or left but high ankle sprain so um i think it's going to take him some time for him to to get back to 100 percent um and so yeah you get tcu on the road i think that could be a win if you steal that one then it gets really interesting because you get west virginia at home that that has been like a top 10 team the last month like no, nobody's really talking about west virginia but they've really come on strong um and then the the two can the Kansas trip at Kansas at Kansas State that's going to be I mean if they can go three and one in that stretch then, oh, then yeah. I think I would take I think I would take Baylor but it's uh, the next couple weeks the next two weeks is going to be really really telling as as far as who's going to emerge kind of at the top of the Big Twelve. Man, it will certainly be fun to watch and and love that we're getting probably the best race from definitely the best conference. Like what, yeah. what a perfect uh, thing for college basketball to have this season elsewhere. Uh, I, listen, the, the big 10 is produced. They're, they're up three games uh, in, in the loss column on anyone right behind them, but then we have six teams right behind them with five losses. And so the, the second place race in the big 10 is really intriguing. As of the time of this recording, those six teams are Indiana Rutgers, Michigan, Iowa, Northwestern, and Illinois. For me, Kyle, I would go with Indiana as the most likely to emerge out of that group. They've been playing the best. Uh, they mm-hmm. do still have to go to Purdue. They still have to go to Michigan State. And so it could be, could be a four and three-ish uh, closing stretch for them. But that, that Big Ten second place race is really interesting to me as well. Yeah, it is. I, I think um, Michigan's standing at this point is a 
bit of an illusion. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure Michigan's all that good. They they've won three in a row, and I think people are probably uh, buying some stock on the Wolverines, and I get it. But um, wins over I think it's Northwestern to start this this trip, and Ohio State, Nebraska, like good good three wins. You're 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 winning. You're advancing, but I don't think this team is all that good. To me, to me, it comes down to probably Indiana and rutgers or indiana and iowa maybe i i still am very much high on iowa that's that's kind of an interesting to watch but indiana to me has looked like the better team um probably the best team the the best non-purdue team in in the big 10 uh trace jackson davis like gonna be a first team all-american i don't I, i haven't made that decision but i'm fairly confident that's going to to hold uh just the way that he's played the last I mean, the season has been fantastic, but he has completely dominated the last month plus for the Hoosiers. Jalen Hood-Shafino continues to come on strong. I believe we talked about him before, but a guy who was, you know, had very highly decorated as a recruit. Uh, and and the way that this Indiana team kind of is is gelling, it's it's like they kind of understand that that they can kind of like Trace Jackson Davis is like the first half hammer, and hood Shafino just comes in and closes things out like it's uh it's a really interesting dynamic that team is really fun to watch and i was very much out on like the mike woodson hire did not think that would work but it seems like they are they are starting to figure some things out don't think they're going to win the big 10 obviously i think that's going to be purdue but the way that this team has played the last month or so indiana is going to be a team that i think a lot of people are picking to go deep in the instant boy tournament bracket and Hands up, like that's going to be me. I I really believe in this Hoosiers team. Yeah. They're really really interesting, especially especially if Xavier Johnson can get back and yeah. be healthy. It's good. They've gotten Race Thompson back recently. But I think the biggest thing we're learning is that if you go by all three of your names and there's a hyphen between the second and third one, then you need to get on the Mike Woodson train because we got TJD and JHS knocking it out of the park this yeah. season in. Bloomington. Well, we're, we're going to just race by some of these others, but man, the Big East race, we got four teams tied atop right now or within a game of each other, I should say. Xavier, Marquette, Creighton, Providence. The the cluster that is the ACC continues to be uh, anybody's game. Honestly, they have now fallen to seventh in the Ken Palm rankings as a conference. Yikes. Uh, the Pac-12, we've been saying all along, is UCLA or Arizona. What I'm the curious thing for me down the stretch, can you see it USC squeeze in to that top two? I don't think it'll happen, but watch it. And then, of course, out west, can St. Mary's hold off Gonzaga? All they got to do is win five out of their final six, and they will do so. Gonna be fun down the stretch for sure, Kyle Boone. I'm sure we will talk more about these conference races. Wait, wait, we got to get your take on I, I need your B, Big East takes for sure, because oh, that, that okay. to me is like easily the third most interesting race in, in conferences moving forward. I mean, Xavier's up a half game over Marquette. Marquette has been completely on a roll the last month. Really? They're, they're up to number 10 in the AP poll. Creighton has looked really good. Ryan Kalkrenner back. Like they're only, they're only one game back despite some, uh, falling on their face multiple times earlier this season. And then Providence is only one game back. Then there's a, there's a tear break from there. You have Seton hall. That's three and a half back. UConn's three and a half back. Um, But yeah, like the, the top of the big East is, is shaping up to be kind of interesting too. 
Absolutely. It is. I, man, it was good. To, also, it was good to see UConn be UConn again earlier this week, which I yeah. haven't done lately. If here's the thing for me with this race, KB, is if Zach Fremantle can get back and be healthy, I'm going with Xavier. If he's basically out the rest of the regular season, I, I just don't think I can do it despite the season they've had. Um, yeah. And in which case, I know, I know Marquette would probably be the team at the top of the heap right now. Um, but I, I just think because like what so often happens is these teams that we had seen preseason that we had picked and selected, even when they have big dips, you look at the end of things and they have worked their way back around. And that said, yeah. I think I've got to go back to Creighton as the team that I would take right now to win the mm. Big East. Yeah, I like it. I like it. They, they looked good early in the season. It's a team that had obviously top 10 preseason team had a bunch of hype. And I, I think it may just come down to like call printers healthy. They, yep. they have their complete team. They're starting to gel at the right time. I don't know if they'll win the, win the conference, but yeah, like the schedule sets up by, I, I think the way that they played, I think they can run the table. So um, yeah, that's, that's gonna be really interesting. I don't mean to, to disrupt nope. our uh, discussion Listen, here, but yeah, that's one of the more interesting races uh, I think to watch and Xavier Marquette, Creighton, Providence, UConn, like that's a, that's a murderer's row at, at the top of your conference. And a lot of those teams are going to make runs in the NCAA tournament. So it, it is. And, and because of them not being in the power five in football, I think uh, casual college basketball fans yeah. often forget about the, the big East, but legitimately like if, if Providence came back and did it and won back to back big East regular season titles, that would be a story to tell for give sure. Give Ed Cooley all the money. Right. All the money. Give it all to him. I, I will pay yeah. him some of my paycheck for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up in just a second, Kyle Boone and I are going to take a look at the top 10, tell you who we trust the most, who we trust the least, and maybe who we'd want to pick outside of the current AP top 10. We will do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and that's the only app you need this year at your Super Bowl party. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner at Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. They've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download that app right now so that you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You will get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread to who will score a touchdown. Plus, the app is safe, it's secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid those winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Kyle, who are you taking on Sunday? Chiefs, Eagles. Oh, I love it. I have to go Chiefs. Um, my wife's a huge Chiefs fan. Our, their whole family is, is, is uh, Kansas City fans. So it pains me as a, as a long-time suffering Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> but um, yeah, I got to ride with Patty Mahomes, the Chiefs, Kelsey. Yeah, like that's, uh, I, I think I have to, have to ride with the Chiefs. Love it. Well, and as a long-suffering uh, NFC East guy, it's got to be good to see an NFC East foe get knocked off, right? Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt to see the Eagles fall. <laughs> I will say that. Um, I like Jalen Hurts, but I hate the Eagles. I'm not a huge fan of any Philadelphia fans. So come at me. Sorry, 
bring it on listen i'm right with you i'm a braves fan love it grew up in atlanta and so i cannot (laughs) stand the phillies i'm right there with you yep so getting back into this thing which by the way i'm riding with the chiefs too it's two hours north of me i've lived here 13 years i finally bought my first uh bit of chiefs garb for this game i got a hoodie coming in tomorrow can't wait um so the current ap top 10 is purdue houston alabama Arizona, Texas, Tennessee, UCLA, Virginia, Kansas, and those Marquette Eagles we just talked about. So what we want to look at, Kyle, is this. Who are we each most confident in to make it to Houston, where the Final Four is this year, regardless of NCAA tournament matchup? Because I know when we get into these conversations, a lot of times we say, well, it depends on who they match up with and how and all that stuff. I don't want that conversation right now. I just want... I look at this team. I don't care who's facing them on the other side of the bracket. I'm rocking with them. Yeah, to me, it it depends on who they match up uh, with. And and I hate you. Stop. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm I'm rolling. I think the team that makes it to Houston and wins the national championship is the team that is in Houston. It's the (laughs) Cougars, baby. Houston is the best team in college basketball. They're the only team in college basketball with the top 10 offense, top 10 defense, 23 and two on the season, 11 and one in American conference play. They just beat Tulsa um, by by 38 points. I mean, this is a team that can play inside and out. Marcus Sasser is a stud. Um, Jairus Walker is a guy who's coming on strong of late for Houston um, on the interior. They are physical inside. They are very, very good rebounding team. And they, they are really good at creating second chance opportunities, particularly on the offensive end. You know, they're, they're clash, they crash the glass on offense, create second chance opportunities. And the way that they play, the style they play, I think is going to be so challenging for teams to match up with. Mm. Now, I'm curious to see if th- I don't think that their resume is going to be good enough to get them to the one line like that to me is going to be something to watch. But even if they go to any of the brackets and they're in number two seed, I'm still picking them to emerge, I think to the final four and, and ultimately they're going to be my national championship pick because it's just really hard to see how a team is going to match up with, with this team. They're so physical, the way the style they play is really hard. And, um, you know, the only teams they've lost to was Temple, which like shocking still <laughs> have no idea how that happened, but at home to Alabama and um, Alabama is going to be another final four pick for me too. So going to be really interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my team that I feel the most confident with the team that I think has the highest floor, the highest ceiling in college basketball, the way that they play the season is really impressive. And that's a hugely important distinction that you make there, KB. Like people so often talk about how high a team's ceiling is, and we have to take into account that floor as well because the teams with the smaller gap between that floor and ceiling are the teams that we trust the most. And so that is is a very important thing you just said there. Uh, For me, the team I'm going with is the team you just talked about that knocked them off. Give me the Alabama Crimson Tide as the team Mm. I trust the most. Interesting, neither of us went with the number one team in the land, the Purdue Boilermakers. Um, for me with, with Alabama, uh, 
part of what makes it is that if, if this was last year, I wouldn't trust them because to me that floor was lower last year because the defense was not what it had been two seasons ago. Whereas this year, Alabama's defense is actually rated more strongly at Ken Palm than their offense. They are six right now in defensive efficiency. And so because they have that to mitigate a game where their three-point shooting might be off, which we know NATO's teams rely so heavily on. Yeah. I, I just believe in it. And um, unlike somebody like Jabari Smith last year, at least to this point, I really haven't seen that that kind of drop-off from Brandon Miller, even as we've gotten into early February. And it still might come, right? Let's be honest about that. But to this point, it hasn't. And I, I just, I love the tenacity I see from this team. I love that they've won 17 of their 21 this season have been by double digits and and that's against not not just joe schmo teams they have a top 10 uh strength of schedule all season they have a the the only top 10 high major team to have um a top 10 non-con strength of schedule so they've done it against great competition and i i just trust them to be able to win four straight games and make it to houston now yeah i think go ahead sorry What's interesting to me is you pick Alabama, I pick Houston. I think we're both very high on both teams, but the styles in which both these teams butter their bread is very fascinating because Alabama, number one in adjusted tempo. Houston, they're not dead last, but they're (laughs) darn close to dead last in terms of teams that are like legit contenders. So, you know, Alabama is super quick. Houston likes to slow the pace. They like to grind teams out. It's just, it's just a fascinating dichotomy because you can win multiple ways. It, de- it depends on how your coaching staff is, how your roster is comprised. But yeah, like th- both of these teams being get t- uh, contenders and the way in which they play so drastically different. Like I'm, I'm here for Alabama being a one seed and Houston being a two seed and them two meeting in the NCAA tournament. Like that would be a very fascinating game. Obviously, um, we, we've already had that. Uh, it already happened on December 10th, and Alabama won that matchup, but it was a close game, and I uh, would be very curious to see how they would match up again because Kelvin Sampson, I think, one of the best coaches in college basketball. So, yeah, two teams that I think we're both very high on and uh, for, for different reasons. Very yeah. interesting teams. And, and hopefully the committee will recognize and give Houston that one seed, and we wouldn't be able to see them play until in Houston, which would be an interestingly decided advantage for that team playing yeah. so close to home. Let's flip the coin to the other side, KB. In this top 10, whom do you trust the least to make it to Houston? Yeah, so I, I peeked at your answer. and You can steal would- it, man. It's okay. That was also my answer. I'll, I'll, I won't steal the show because I do have another one that I'd like to pick. Okay, and fine. It's, it's Virginia. Ooh. The ACC is bad. <laughs> Virginia is not as impressive as everyone thinks. Yes, they are currently tied atop the ACC standings. They're ten and three in ACC play, but not impressed with this Virginia team. Another team that kind of similar to Houston. They're very, very, very slow in the way they play. This offense is actually better than I think people give it credit for um you you associate i think virginia with like very slow plotting pace and they they slow things down because they want to play defense and yes this is a pretty good defensive team but offensively i I don't think they get enough credit that being said like i don't i just don't trust this team i don't feel like they have the size to match up with to be like completely matchup proof um and i i think more physical teams will be able to have their way with them um 
they faced off against Houston, who who we talked about ad, ad nauseum already, and they they lost to Houston, and that was uh, that was in Charlottesville, I believe. It was, um, and so I I think a lot of people, you know, it's possible in a few weeks we're gonna say Virginia, you know, the regular season ACC champion. I'm like, yeah, the ACC had a bad year, but they did win the ACC. Uh, I would just put some caution to the wind because I'm not entirely sold on this Cavaliers team. I know it's like in vogue to, uh, to fade the Cavaliers because of the style of play that they deploy under, under Tony Bennett. But yeah, I, I think warranted uh, this year. Yeah. I, I think it is a little bit warranted. Um, we'll have to see how the bracket unfolds, obviously, <laughs> Isaac, but, um, but yeah, I think I may be ready to, to fade Virginia in the subway tournament this year. Yes, I, I was so close to picking them for mine as well. You put you put somebody with any kind of size on Kihei Clark and let yeah. them go to work. I tell you what, I went all in on Tennessee on yesterday's show and how I will not have them in any final tier. I do not trust them. I do not trust this offense. And so we all know that. And so neither of us are going to give that answer other than that was both our answers. So yes. let me also give a separate team. And I'm going to give that Marquette team that we talked about earlier in the Big East conversation mm. as a team that I trust the least. And this is part of why I don't uh, select them as, as my Big East champion. Is there the flip-flop of Tennessee? That offensive efficiency is so good. Fourth as of this recording at Ken Palm. But the defense, KB, is 60th. In Ken Palm's defensive efficiency, yeah, I cannot trust that type of defense in a, a one-off tournament to win four games in a row. I just don't see enough consistency from it. I hear me. I love what Shaka Smart has done this year to be able to put this together after losing someone of Justin Lewis's caliber. Like my goodness, right? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I have to pick them in my final four, and I can't. Uh, okay, now very quickly because I know we've we've both got daddy duties we got to get to today because we love That's our right. children. Um, let's just quick drive by on if you were most confident in a team outside the top ten, uh, mm. just the team and maybe one sentence why. Ooh, uh, all right. So pulling up the top ten here, I think I would go. We've already talked about them, so I don't want to double dip, but I will. I will go Baylor. Um, Looking at Baylor's Ken Palm page now, number one in offensive adjusted efficiency. Like that is that's a wow. Um, to that's me, so that is very very much representative of how this Baylor team has has been able to find success the last few weeks. Their their guards are elite. They're not the best three point shooting team like I believe they were a few seasons ago, but they're they're competent. They have guys who can who can make plays, who can who can dish it out. I think their offense is obviously. Uh, humming at a good level i think defensively they're a little bit better than than what the metrics show so yeah like i, I would put baylor almost in the same category as texas and kansas in terms mm. of how i view their their tourney prospects so probably a team that you know because they have risen late in this season a lot of people have maybe just kind of blown them off or, or overlooked them but baylor to me a team that uh, people are probably sleeping on and I think has a chance to make a real run this this postseason. That was my team as well, so we won't waste mm. any more time on it. But I'll, I'll give you this fun anecdote. Last uh, On Wednesday night after Baylor's victory, I said something similar like, do not sleep on the Baylor Bears. 
and yeah. just like just not even thinking about the image of that and i got some messages <laughs> people blowing me up of like yeah i already know that that it's actually bad life advice to sleep on a bear so i really appreciate <laughs> you letting me know that so i'm uh, gonna Calhoun, never sleep i'm gonna on add a bear. one yeah exactly i'm gonna add one um my next submission is going to be St. Mary's and yes. this was my, this was my runner up. And it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, St. Mary's, they have the second longest win streak in college basketball. They've won 12 games. They just beat Gonzaga uh, at home. And still, I think people are like, well, you know, they, they beat Gonzaga. Gonzaga isn't what it usually is. The guard play at Gonzaga isn't, isn't what we've come to expect. And also they beat them at home and it was in overtime, but like this, this St. Mary's team, like legit, might be the best one that R Randy Bennett has ever had. And Aiden Haney's coming on strong. They're Ooh. twenty-one and four. They have not lost in WCC play. So, just a team to watch. Like the metrics, absolutely love this St. Mary's team. They're they're number seven at Kimpom. I have to look at, at Bart Torvik, but yeah, they're uh, like they're number five at Bart. Yeah, yeah, five at Bart Torvik. Okay. So. Like the predictive metrics are very much in on them. This is not like a fluke. Twenty-one and four. And whether they win the WCC or not, like I think this is a team that will surprise some people. Like, can win multiple games in the NCAA tournament. Well, I'll go ahead and be more. I will go ahead and be that bold to say they will win the WCC. I don't Ooh. know about the tournament. I don't know about uh, Zags Vegas and the WCC tournament, but they're taking that regular season crown. No. <laughs> Okay, folks, we are short on time, and we do want to give you a quick run around the nation for some stuff on Saturday. We'll do that in just a second. Okay, looking ahead to Saturday, uh, we do not have the loaded uh, matchups that we did last week of six ranked game, uh, six games featuring ranked teams. That was wild, but we do have some great matchups, including Kyle. What I think is the best window of the day, the mm. two o'clock Eastern window. There are thirty-one division games kicking, tipping off. Excuse me, at wow. two o'clock Eastern. Let me give you what I think are the most intriguing five. And give yeah. me which one you would pick to have on primary screen. I know we're all going to have multiples going. Here, yeah. here are what I think are the most five intriguing. UConn at Creighton on Fox. Alabama at Auburn. That Alabama game on CBS. Rutgers at Illinois. Hmm. FS1. Clemson at North Carolina. This is the first game at UNC since Clemson ended that 59-game streak. And yep. then kind of off the radar a little bit, but SIU Southern Illinois at Drake on ESPN, which are two of the three teams currently tied atop the Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah, totally not biased take at all. Uh, <laughs> Alabama at Auburn, 2 p.m. Eastern time <laughs> on CBS, America's most watched network, as Gary Parrish would say. It's the network That's of right. stars. I do. Th I actually do think that will be on my primary screen, not because CBS pays my bills, but like <laughs> that is to me the most interesting game of that window because I think I'll be picking Auburn in that game. Uh, and we've, we've we've pumped up Alabama quite a bit, right? Uh, but Auburn at home has has been really good this season. Um, I, I think that the way that they played the last week or two has has put some people off and and i get it you lose on the road to tennessee on the road to texas a&m i think people are off of them but 
you know, near, nearly beat uh, Texas A&M. We're very close to toppling Tennessee in one of the ugliest games in college basketball history. <laughs> and and so, so that one is going to be really interesting to watch. I think Alabama will get a good test, and I would pick Auburn in an upset. The other one I'll, I'll just mention here, it's uh, oh God, yeah, it's it's Clemson at North Carolina, and to me this is like make or break for North Carolina. I really do believe it's like win or go home. Like North Carolina's lost three in a row, they're trending towards the bubble, and maybe they're on the wrong side of things. We'll see how the, how things shake out the next couple of weeks. But like preseason number one team has never missed the NCAA tournament. That is very much in play for the that Tar Heels right now. In play. Yeah. And and Clemson's a pretty pretty feisty team. Like uh, it would not. I, I mean, like historically, they're not very successful in Chapel Hill. Um, one in fifty nine. One in fifty nine <laughs> in Chapel Hill. Thank you very much. And so, like you know, the odds are probably not in their favor. I'm just saying, like keep an eye on that because the way that North Carolina has played the last you know week plus. Coming off the the road loss to Wake Forest, it was only ninety two eighty five. I still can't believe that because it, I think they were down like seventy eight points in that game at one point. <laughs> and there's just some bad vibes around this North Carolina team. So I'm here to watch the train wreck that is North Carolina at the moment. If they get back on track and get a win, I think it'd be huge for them moving forward. They really, really need it. And then they host Miami on Monday night, just 48 hours later. A big, big three-day stretch for the Tar Heels. Very yeah. excited for that front court matchup on Saturday of PJ Hall and Armando Baycott. Should be yes. a lot of fun there. For me, the game in that window that I'll take outside of those two is UConn at Creighton. We mm. talked about UConn earlier in the week, looking like the earlier season UConn again. But then as Creighton's coming back alive... They have to win a game like this if they want to have a, a hope of winning the Big East regular season. Should be yep. a great game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That one will definitely be on one of my screens. I got to figure out how I, how I get multiple screens. Yeah. <laughs> a lot That's of right. lot of good basketball in that 2 p.m. window for sure. Phone, iPad, laptop, whatever you need, <laughs> do it all. In the 4 o'clock window, just a couple others to note, and then we'll get out of here. Duke at number 8. Virginia, a tough stretch for the Blue Devils, having lost at Miami on Monday. That Baylor team we both talked about goes to Fort Worth to play TCU in that yeah. 4 o'clock window on ESPN2. That'll be good. And then a couple that I want to say keep your eyes on. Not saying they're upsets, but yeah. just, you know, be dialed in. Kentucky goes to Athens to play the national football champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Indiana going to Michigan, interestingly enough, from our conversation earlier on the show. Yep. Oklahoma State, ah, coming off a nice little win, going to Iowa State. Can they give the Cyclones two losses in a row? K-State mm -hmm. has to go to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. And BYU at Gonzaga. BYU had both Gonzaga and St. Mary's essentially beaten at home and then just got punked out of both of those wins. So can uh, the Cougars do it there in Spokane? Kyle, you look at that. Anything that you would pick as an upset? Yeah, to me, Oklahoma State at Iowa State, very, very interesting. Iowa State's been a different team at home this season, and historically, I think that's true. Hilton Coliseum is is a very distinct advantage in college basketball, but this Oklahoma State team's been really, really good. They've won their last four games. Um, they're going to be without Avery Anderson, who has been their, their leading assist man, and I think that's something to watch. Um, they played without him on on Wednesday, 
I believe on Saturday as well. And and Bryce Thompson, former five-star recruit who originally signed with Kansas had like 21 points in the first half. And, you know, maybe they just figure things out, but that's something to watch. Um, inside, I, th I think they have a really unique advantage with Musa Cisse, who's former five-star recruit, used to go to Memphis, transferred into Oklahoma State. He's having a big year. And then Caleb Boone in the front court. So um, that's going to be interesting because I think, like, they win that game on the road, then suddenly I think they're crawling up the Big 12 standings and it, things get kind of interesting. <laughs> get very um, Kentucky at Georgia, another one that I'm watching. Kentucky, obviously, preseason top 10 team. We know kind of their trajectory this season. They they have really, really struggled finding any sort of consistency this season. Lost by, you know, 15 points at home earlier in the week to an Arkansas team that is playing a lot better, but it seems like this Kentucky team is like running out of answers and they're frankly running out of time. Like they're, they're trending towards like the UNC trajectory where they might miss the NCAA tournament. And the heat is on right now, I think for John Calipari and this Wildcats team. Um, I mean, it's just like, there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on with this team right now. So they should win handle business at but. Georgia, but but, 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 but. It's a big butt, Kyle Boone. It's a big butt. It's a big booty uh, on the road at Georgia. Like, just just keep an eye on it. I think it's going to be <laughs> interesting. And then Duke at Virginia on, on Saturday. Another one. Uh, this one in the ACC that, I, that I'm watching. Another blue blood. Um, I, I think it's probably Virginia. Um, I've, I've already downplayed Virginia, and I think it's prospects. But this Duke team, like, just lost by 20 plus points on the road to Miami, like just completely mind boggling. I have no idea why that happened. Um, yeah. Duke and North Carolina, both are a mess right now, but um, in Kentucky, yeah, all three of these blue bloods mess. Yeah. Messes. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, but yeah, like that, that's uh that's a really interesting 4 p.m. window. And gosh, I didn't even mention Baylor TCU or yeah. Indiana, Michigan. Like there's a lot, there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. I'm I'm really curious about that Indiana Michigan game. I know we we were kind of downplaying Michigan earlier, but yeah. Indiana followed up their win over per Purdue with the win at home over Rutgers. Like now taking to the road, is this where they have the emotional letdown? Like I know they didn't suffer mm. that against Rutgers, but it's like now you go on the you know like when you you there's a night where you only get two hours of sleep. It doesn't really yeah. hit you the next day. It's like the next day after that. It's like, is that what's coming for the Hoosiers in this one? Just just keep your eyes on that. 6 p.m. on ESPN. That's going to be my upset alert. Watch out for the Wolverines. In on the road. Yeah, on the road. That's what makes it tough. Like, I actually thought that Tuesday against Rutgers at home would possibly be a letdown spot. You beat number one Purdue. Your first win over number one ranked team in a decade. <laughs> and they handle business and do it like, pretty decisively but yeah on the road this michigan team as we mentioned is playing better basketball and um so yeah like that's that's definitely a spot where michigan could pick them off i, I like that potential upset pick there let's watch for it it'll be yeah. fun coming up on monday friends andy Patton and i will be back with you to recap the weekend give you our brand new top fives and we'll close things out with our six pack from the weekend big thanks to kyle boone for joining us as always love it so much please don't forget to subscribe to the show smash the like button and leave some comments on your thoughts on this weekend's matchups as always my apologies to the lawyer family and until next week we'll talk to you then peace